My first rifle was a 243. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me. So here we are. Susanna Love is so wonderful to have you on here today. I am ecstatic to join you on this. I'm so excited for your new podcast. I'm just excited to see your face. (laughs) It's been a little while. I know. I know it has been crazy. Like to think of all of the things that we've experienced together and how small our kids were when we met. And now like so much has happened. You guys have new stuff going on. I'm doing something new. I don't know if we're supposed to be doing new things at our age. I thought we were supposed to be like getting an easier life, an easier schedule. Oh, never. (laughs) Always something (laughs) new going on. So with the of your background, it looks like you were in Oklahoma. I am. I'm at home. I, in fact, I just walked out of the training field right before I sat down to talk with you. Oh, so this is your spring classes, huh? Yeah. So we've got about six weeks left or maybe five weeks left in this class right now. So we're about a little more than halfway through and um, really we've got some really good dogs in the class. So it's, it's really fun right now. So, okay, with your dogs coming in and training, is it a lot of your own genetics or is it just that you've had clients for so long that are bringing you dogs? You know, usually we've got a pretty good mix. Most of the time we've got dogs um, from all over the country, all different breeds, all different genetics. Um, Sometimes it's lines that we're familiar with. Sometimes it's lines that we know nothing about. Um, but we're kind of lucky with this class. We're breeding a little bit more. We're breeding some pointers and breeding some Britneys. So in this class, we've got four, we've probably got about eight or nine of our own lines. Um, got about four English pointers. And um, I, actually, I guess you have four Britneys of our line that we're training. So that's really kind of, it puts it over the top because you know the heritage and the genetics, and then you get to see that animal blossom. So to me, that that's really special to have that many of our own dogs in the class. Yeah. Cause you feel like they're your babies. Cause I know that you and the twins are out there taking care of those puppies every day. Well, yeah. And it's so neat. You know, we, we send these puppies home at eight weeks old and then we don't see them again until they're a year of age. And it's just like old reunion, you know, kids are ecstatic to see them. We're ecstatic to see them. And then it's neat to see how they change during that time too. So yeah. Cause that's all going to be based on how they've been socialized, which most of your clients have their dogs inside. Don't you think? Oh, I would say 99% of our dogs are, are house dogs. Yeah. We yeah. very, very few dogs are actually kennel dogs. I don't know anybody that has like straight up kennel dogs anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I do just because we can't bring them all into that. Yeah, that is true. Ronnie's probably like, okay, I've seen a dog all day long. I don't want to see one in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Too much dog hair in our lives. (laughs) Oh gosh. So, okay. You are from South Texas. I love, I love your story, but I don't know that anybody's really heard it because I mean, Rick and Ronnie kind of steal the show from you. And I don't feel like everybody knows and not that they do it on purpose because I know both of them push you out on the spotlight. Yeah. They're, they're very good about always doing. (laughs) Yeah. Like they've personally told me about it, but you just so happily just let those men just take over. When I know personally that Ronnie is asking you a million questions every single day about every single dog in there and that like, you're the backbone. 
at the, at the, at home, you know, I've seen it and he, it's hilarious. Like, it's so funny to watch him be like, Suze, what about this? And then it's like two minutes later, Suze, what about this? You know, and it's just hysterical. Well, we worked together now. It doesn't doesn't seem like it's possible, but we worked together for 19 years now. So, you know, in that time, it's, it's, we've had to figure out how to work together, but we really have gotten to where we rely on each other. You know, it doesn't matter whether we're going to Montana or Canada or South Texas to guide hunts or, or whatever. It's always Ronnie and I, and we're always taking care of all the animals around us. And it's, it's demanding and it's intense and we've always got to have each other's back. So yeah, we've gotten to where we always, we always check in with each other. What do you think about this? Okay. That's great perspective. And then, you know, we may take that and move forward. <laughs> we may take our own perspective, but we really share our thoughts and, um, really gotten to be a good team on that because we're always working side by side seven days a week. Well, yeah, because most kennels of your size has a massive staff and maybe you had more help when you were a big cabin. I don't know if you found that crew when you moved to Osage County, but when I was there, it was just the two of y'all doing it all. You know, we've gone through a a whole, a journey with our business. So um, we've gone from it being just the two of us to having um, people working for us full-time, part-time, having apprentices at the same time. Um, And we've kind of pulled back to where we don't want to have that much going on at any one time. We really want to have more quality control with what we're doing so that it's, it's our hands on everything. And yeah, that means we're working a lot but it kind of fits with our personalities and who we're all, who we are, you know, yeah. we just, we want to know exactly what's going on. And, um, so yeah, we've kind of, we've, I'd say we've slowed down. We've restructured our business a little bit. We still take apprentices, but right now we don't have, um, a assistant trainer or anything like that. And, uh, we're taking smaller classes mm-hmm. and, we're, we're really enjoying it. You know, when it's just the two of us walking through the field, working a dog, that's peace. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> you can look up and enjoy the, the view and God's animals. And it, it's, uh, it speaks to our soul. So that's kind of the direction we're going. We like sharing our home and our business with a lot of different people. We're doing it in different ways and just having fun with it. Oh, well, I know firsthand how welcoming it is there because like we were talking about how we met was, um, I had connected with Rick and then I'd gone to one of his seminars years ago in Virginia. And he, he was, he's just such a great cheerleader. You oh, know, he's such a good guy. You can't find anybody with a better no, heart. You can't. And so he's like, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, do you really <laughs> like, I've had a dog for like three years. Like, I soaked it up because I just wanted to know as much as I could. Right. And I really took to y'all's program, but I no way felt like, oh yeah, I'm going to strike out and start hosting seminars. I thought he'd lost his mind. So I was like, so excited to me because up until that point, I'd kind of been the only female around in my bubble. And I was the only one that was tournament hunting in the state of Georgia. So I was like, oh, he said, you got to meet Susanna. I was like, well, connect us, please. I'm like so eager to meet another female doing this. And so he's like, Oh, just call Ronnie and just tell him you're coming out to Tulsa. You're just going to swing by. I'm like, 
I can't just invite myself. Oh yeah. They got extra room. Just call them. Tell them you're going to, you're going to come for the weekend. I'm like, I'm not inviting myself to their house. So I call Ronnie and I tell him and Ronnie's like, Oh yeah, just come on. I'm like, these people are crazy. They don't like, they're just taking strangers in left and right. <laughs> so anyways, I had the time of my life there and I really did feel right at home from the moment I pulled up. So that was a fun weekend. I remember working dogs to you that weekend. Oh, we had so much fun, laughed. and <laughs> just I know that's what I'm saying. Like it was so funny watching Ronnie just because you have these expectations built up because of the legacy of your family. Right. And so when you get there and everybody's just so down to earth and just normal, you know, like things happen, the things that happen to everybody also happens to him, you know? And so it was just, it was really cool to have like that behind the scenes. Cause I really did just kind of, kind of just come in on y'all's normal family training time. It wasn't like there was a clinic there or anything. Well, you know, I think that's one of the things that has been so, so wonderful about all the Smiths, you know, starting with Delmer, um, they're all very real, very humble, and they enjoy sharing their passion. And as a result, you know, they're able to, to bring people out in the field and, and enjoy the time spent with them. And, you know, for generations, this has gone on, we've got clients that, you know, working on the third generation of people coming out and spending time in the field with a Smith. How neat is that? Right. And, um, not, not everybody is, is open at that open and, and welcoming as, as Rick and Ronnie and Delmer, but you know, they just, they lay it all out on the plate and here's what we do. Here's what we love. And here's why <laughs> I know. Well, that's exactly what happened because I was shooting in a sporting clay like competitor when I met Delmer, but of course my heart was with the dogs, but I got the wrong dog. You know, nobody ever told me how to get into bird dogs. So I ended up with the worst scenario first. Mm. I think is why I learned so much because yeah. I learned everything the hard way with my firecracker short hair. And so I just never forget. We're just sitting there and I, I have this priceless picture where we're in this conversation. I don't even know who took it, but, um, and he just said, you just need to quit doing everything and just focus on the dogs. I mean, like just um, out of the blue, just tell me what to do. I'm like, yes, sir. You know, like, okay. That's what I'll do. <laughs> he has a way of, of making things pretty simple here. Here it is. And this is what you need to do. And it I makes know. You know, and talking about like all American wing shooting podcasts, that's the theme of it. I mean, he probably is the iconic personality of what we stand for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has been that that personality for decades. Everything on a handshake and yeah, men of character and uh, a passion, a true yeah. deep-hearted passion. Yeah. So, you started um you grew up on a ranch, right? I forgot what what your I did. Was. So, I grew up on a ranch in West Texas, um out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was about 70 miles to the nearest town of any size. So um, I grew up really focused on cattle and horses and training and low stress stock handling, stuff like that. But we always had bird dogs. Um, my sisters had lion hounds. Um, so dogs were always a part of my life. And my mom field trialed a little bit. But it wasn't really my focus until I got to, I guess, during college, I got like you, 
and out of control short hair <laughs> and she changed my life. <laughs> I forgot that we had that in common. Yes. <laughs> so, and that, that's how I ended up um, training dogs professionally was um, I sent her to Ronnie to train and um, you know, obviously when I met him, my world changed and we ended up both training on that dog until the day she died, but she, she taught me a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how mercy is now for sure. Or I, maybe I'm just like, you know what? I didn't make the mistakes with her daughter. Cause I did have one litter so that I could fix my problems, you know, that I created. Um, yeah. so yeah. So now I'm like, okay, you can just be that dog. Like, you know, I, she's almost eight. I just got to yeah. accept it now. Um, but when I see her, it's just such a memory of the journey that it took to get here and all the miles and the people and, you know, everything. So it, it does, it's special regardless as to how she turned out, you know, and I know there's so many people that are like, man, she, she cheated that dog. Well, yeah, I probably did, but they didn't do anything about it. They didn't come in and say, Hey, as her first dog, I should have helped her. No, they didn't want to lose to me, but they didn't mind judging me from the truck, <laughs> you know? But all the lessons that that dog taught you, you know, it's crazy when you look back how much one single dog can change the whole course of your life. Yeah. Motivate you. Um, you're right. Like not just the lessons learned, but almost teach you what you don't know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I think was more of what I, what I had going on with that dog. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs are good at teaching you to be humble. Yes, that's very true. So you went to law school. What were you going to do with your life before the short hair and Ronnie Smith? Well, my long-term goal. So I, I worked in um, Washington, D.C. on the House Committee on Agriculture. So got a little taste of that. And I decided that I didn't want to live in a big city long-term. I didn't want a career in the big city. So I wanted to go back to my family's ranch and, and continue to run that. Um, but I knew that I couldn't survive on just that for income alone. So my plan was to go back and, and work with real property law in West Texas mm -hmm. and at the same time work on my family ranch. Um, but God had other plans. <laughs> I know it's crazy how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I went through law school, passed the bar, worked a little bit doing some real property law and then decided that, um, my life was going to take a different direction. This is, this is what I wanted. I've been training dogs ever since training dogs. I think that's probably the easiest part of your life. Like the road trip and the living out of a camper. I mean, you live this. It's not like you have this plush kennel that you get that stay at all the time. I mean, you have this amazing home that you have to say goodbye to a lot. Well, we're actually, we're trying to stay home more. You know, we looked up, particularly when the kids were young and we were living in an RV up to five months out of the year. You know, we were guiding hunts in Texas. We were taking training dogs to Montana for a month at a time and, and trying to give those dogs wild bird exposure. We were on the road a lot doing seminars. Yeah. And it, it's a hard life, particularly when you have somebody else's animals that you're in charge of. Right. You know, I think when, when you get, have your own animals that you're taking care of, um, there, there's still a, a huge responsibility, but there's less stress when you've got somebody else's animals that you're taking care of on the road. There's a whole new level of stress because you, you just have to be vigilant 
every day, all day long to make sure nothing happens. So um, it takes a toll. And Ronnie and I finally decided, you know, we've got this great property in Osage County, Northern Oklahoma. And um, we want to be here more. We want to oh share it with gosh, people. Yes. And, and get off the road a little bit. So we've done a lot of drastic changes with our business in the last few years. We've, uh, we've stopped guiding in, in Texas, which. Uh, that was oh. probably really hard. Talking about like all American um, tradition, being at King Ranch, as long as you guys were. Well, the King Ranch, the four sixes, you know, these are, these are Texas icons. Icons, yeah. And, and the Smith family has gotten to be a part of those ranches for decades. And, and it's really, really special and unique. And, and that's not something that we took lightly. You know, that, that was an honor, absolute honor, just to be able to be on those ranches, much less, you know, the, the experiences guiding the hunts. And then, um, you know, the, the times that we got to go there and, and just work our own dogs and, and experience that ranch on a very personal level, or all those ranches. Um, so yeah, that's a real honor. So to walk away from that was not, not a decision that, that we took lightly. Um, you know, Ronnie, I think was guiding hunts in Texas for over 40 years. Um, so a huge part of his life, mm -hmm. but, um, I think it was time, it was time to do something different. Um, we're trying to get out of the heat a little bit and it's hard to get out of the heat in South Texas. <laughs> are you still, are you still going to go to Montana? Um, we're, we're leaving that open last year. We did not go to Montana and this was the first year. Oh golly. And uh, 10 years, maybe that we didn't go. Um, and we, we'd had a class ready to go, but the birds were so, so the numbers were so low in Montana this year because of the drought that we ended up deciding that it just, it wouldn't be productive. And there was no reason to go up there and, and put pressure on those birds that were already stressed and, and having a hard time. So we uh, talked to all of the, the people that were sending dogs with us said, hey, um, we, can, we can stay here in Oklahoma instead and work off of a pen raised quail and guarantee bird contact every day. And, and that's what everybody decided to do. And it really, really worked out well. So at least for this year, that's what we're going to do this, uh, this fall again, is stay here and, and work on our property on, on released birds. And um, I think get a lot accomplished. So that's and the, you get to enjoy your back porch. And we get to stay off the road. Yes. <laughs> your back porch is probably one of my favorites. And I love the mountains, especially the Smoky Mountains, like so special, but you don't have the mountains where you are, but there's something super special about that view. There's something very calming about looking over that vista and watching the, the hills change color as the sun sets. And yeah, it's, uh, it's good for the soul. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is really cool that you guys lucked out in Osage County. Like I love living through your pictures. Oh, thanks. Yeah. The back, there's always a pretty backdrop here, which I really appreciate because yeah, I'm taking pictures so much. Well, I remember you saying like, even when y'all were in big cabin, that there were days when you just got away and you went to Osage County, like that was your getaway place, your special place. And then for you guys to find the property that you have, that was not set up for a kennel, but it was set up perfectly for what you guys needed. It was just you know, such a godsend. It really is set up well. We're, we're surrounded by big properties, so we don't have to worry about, you know, what's going on off the property. It's just 
pasture land on the edge of our, our property. So, um, you know, the, there's less stress there. You don't have to worry about traffic or, or anything like that towns. Um, and it's, it's arranged in such a way that we've got great training grounds where we can focus, okay, this dog is going to spend more time in, in the woods hunting so we can go do some of this. Well, this dog is, is going to be more of a prairie dog and, and we really need to encourage that, that big run so we can work in a different area. So it's really neat how this property has facilitated all of our needs. And we've got people coming in from all over the country and uh, it takes them a little while. But after a few hours of being here, you can just see them decompress. They change, they relax. Like, oh, okay. I can stare off in the distance a little bit and it's okay. Yeah, and it's hard to leave. I, I mean, I was on a tight schedule when I got to come by there last and I would have rather just blown off my whole purpose, which was JC's big horse show. She would not yeah, appreciate that. But yeah, so that's, you know, that's what always brought us to Oklahoma was um, horse show in Tulsa, but well, you have some projects that your family has done and um, we need to talk about like the new stuff that you have going on. I, I still have not, I guess, felt like your book that you did with Orvis is old news. Like it is so gorgeous. There's so much knowledge in there. I just think it should still be celebrated. Well, thank you. We're, we're very pleased with how well it's done. You know, Reed Bryant wrote that book with us and golly, he, uh, he is such a talent, such, such a wordsmith. He's able to, uh, to really convey things. And, uh, every time I look back, in fact, I looked at it last week when, uh, we were just kind of reminiscing and, uh, boy, we, we created some memories while we were working on that project. So it's a really special book for us. And I'm glad that it's doing as well as it is. I'm, I'm very proud of it and glad that it's been as well received as it has. So yeah, that's been out for, um, I guess almost three years now. Yeah. So, and that, that is because it's your family history, put it public. Yeah, it is absolutely who we are and how we live our life. There it is. If you want to know us, all you have to do is thumb through that book a little bit. And there we are. Yeah. And in the training format, you know, we, we try to share as much of that as we can. You can't always um, put everything in um, any video or, or any piece of writing. You can't include all the details that you want. Um, there's always more information that you want to share again there's this one dog that acted a certain way and so that taught us how to respond accordingly or there's this other dog that was an example of some other behavior and and there's a lot of that that we weren't able to include so i think there's always room to add more um but i think the the meat of the training format is in there so hopefully that that gets people started on training their own bird dog it's hard to to make that a serious training book because it's so beautiful you know right. like normally you think like a training book is just going to be boring black and white pictures and all this stuff and it's literally like um almost like a yearbook of your family photos yeah it is, <laughs> it really is. yeah brian grossenbacher did a great job with the photos he's a he's really an artist and it is it is like a yearbook for our family because you know, every day it's Ronnie and me and the kids out there doing it together. Even when the kids were little bitty, right. you know, they were walking in the field with us. So yeah, it is very much a family photo. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I think it's so special. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. So within that book, I mean, I haven't read every single page, um, but what, like with you coming into this family that was so established in training and just being like, um, you know, like a cowboy lifestyle, but they do bird dogs, you know, um, like what, what, what's like some big traditions that you guys have? <laughs> you know, when I think about the Smith family, I think about, um, bunch of people standing around watching a dog. <laughs> I would say that is our tradition. It seems like, you know, whenever we gather together in you know, a family reunion, there's always a bird dog around and that's where the conversation always goes. Everybody's always analyzing those dogs. I remember sitting in a, in a bunkhouse in South Texas, watching two puppies play on the living room floor. And there was not a word said amongst about eight people for half an hour because everybody was engrossed in the dog. And then the first thing that was said, did you catch that? Did you see how that dog interacted? <laughs> so the Smiths are always, always studying and trying to learn, you know, everybody's always a, a student of animal behavior. So, and I think that's part of what, what keeps, you know, Ronnie and Rick and Delmer always pretty humble too, is because they know that there's a lot more to learn from the dogs. They're always learning. And the people that don't know you, because I just, I mean, we were just all instant family friends. I mean, my parents have been to your house. Like, yeah. you know, it's just instant family. Um, and the people that see you from like the training business side, they don't understand. Like you guys, like you said, you don't turn it off. Like it's just who you are. So it's not like some people who build this and have a job. It's yeah. just part of your DNA to be with the dogs this is our life yeah every every day it's about the dogs and, and there's so many people that don't get that and i've seen it right so you homeschool the twins yeah and always have mm -hmm. and it's like dinner all like the schedule of the kids was based on the schedule of the dogs so like literally until the dog chores were done and they were taken care of it was like we don't know what we're gonna have for dinner and we we don't know like you know I saw it first well, you like, first and then we did like I'm not doing it wrong or at least <laughs> there's somebody else out there that views life like me so I think that's just so um probably going to be really good for people to hear that your life isn't like it's not a perfectly structured thing where you know you have family time and you have dog time and you know it just is one thing it is it all it all center centers around what the dogs need you know like this this morning um we had a female come into heat and she had to go to the vet to get ai'd and you know that was that was what that individual was needed at that time and so that completely changed our schedule for the whole business today um ronnie took her down there and um you, know, you never know when when a dog is going to need even in training when they need um, something different than what you were expecting. So every day is new. Like today, we completely broke out of our, out of our training routine and basically just took a group of dogs and did some free runs with them because that's what those individuals needed. So we're always looking at what the dogs need in the kennel, where, where they are in their life and what they need. Mm -hmm. And um, then we adapt the business schedule and our school schedule and everything else to fit that. 
I know. And your kids are so flexible. Like literally they are so chill, laid back, go with the flow, like make toys out of training gear and just whatever. Like, it's so cool to watch this happen because when I first started, Hallie was like, what, two mm. and I was traveling around. I was like, I was by myself. Right. So I just had to give her to whatever adopted grandpa we found at that event or tournament right. or wherever we were. I was like, okay, I'll be back, you know? And so it's just, it was such a breath of fresh air to be like, these kids roam this farm and they have their own free time. And if they want to hang out and train, or if they want to watch the puppies, or they may be walking the course where you guys do like socialization and building fundamentals. Well, yeah, that's what I think is, is one of been one of the best things in the world for the kids is being a part of our, our business life, our professional mm -hmm. life. And the people that, that have a passion for bird dogs are, are a unique set of people. <laughs> I mean, really, I think just overall, the bird dog people are a cut above. They I say that too. Gun dog people are the best kind of people. They're just good hearted. They appreciate the world that they're in. I don't know how many times I've looked up in a training field and somebody has one of my children walking across the field and it may be, um, you know, a geological lesson going on. It might be they're catching bugs and studying them together. It might be they're studying what kind of grasses they can find, but there's always people teaching our kids something and, and sharing their knowledge with them just because that is the caliber of people that we have in the bird dog world. I mean, we are, we are so fortunate to, to have the group of people that we do. And that's one of the, the real blessings I think in our business was the people. I agree is it, it does make it so special that your kids have friends all over the country. There are very few kids that get to live this life. And it's kind of hard to explain that. Cause I, I mean, I'm sure there are people that think we're crazy. We just load up our kids and we take school on the road. And, and like, I wish I could say every single morning at eight 15, we're cracking a book, but mm -hmm. sometimes the phone rings and it's somebody I've been trying to get a hold of for two weeks or, you know, like you just yeah. never know what that interruption could be, but we do have that flexibility and, and I, you I, never I, know. Special. And, you know, I was scared to go this route and I'm like, she's done two of them on the road at the same time, like, and, and you create your curriculum, which I don't. And so, you know, it was just such an inspiration to watch you have your own string of dogs, you know, running the house, taking care of the kids, educating the kids. And then you still have time for like socialization with your clients. Like it's, it's, it's a busy schedule. As you know, it's very busy. Yeah. It's so worth it. It is so worth it. And to be able to spend the time outside and the outdoors and have the kids grow up, um, appreciating it and, and knowing it so well. And then, and then the, the influence from, you know, the great people that, that come in here that are, you know, professional and, and they treat our kids like adults, they, they, and they're willing to share things with them. It's so worth it. It is so worth it. Ah, well, <laughs> so what, now that they're older, like what are new things that you guys are going to add? Cause it's been a while since there's been kids, their age come through the family. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, well, right now, like, right. As we speak, our kids are out in the, in the field, um, with their dad working dogs. 
So, um, you know, they're always, always involved in that. They're getting more involved with uh, the breeding program and helping us raise the puppies. And we can't seem to have a litter without keeping at least one dog for some reason. No way. No way. So they have, they have a pointer apiece and they have a Springer apiece, right? Well, you have a Brittany each. Yeah. So as, as these young puppies uh, grow up, they're really taking more of a, a part in their training and, and really getting more serious about it. So I, you know, we'll teach them the business. We'll teach them how to train a dog. And, and hopefully that's something that sticks with them for the rest of their life. You know, they may go somewhere and, and do something else as they grow up, but I think it's a good foundation. It's good roots. Oh, I agree. And I don't know how many pictures and video I've seen you because Hallie Joe would go to bed listening to Rick and Ronnie's training videos. And it was so annoying. I'm like, I train dogs all day long. I don't want to hear this at night. You know, like, but after the big valley season was over and she'd watched Dukes of Hazard until she needed a break, it was back to those training videos. And I'm like, what kid wants to watch this at night? But it's because Rick made her feel like she could do it and she was a part of it. And so she didn't know any different, right? Like, of course, as a mom, I mean, she's going to be with me or whatever. But then she had that other influence of this icon that's letting her go on stage and do all these crazy things. And so she felt like, yeah, I need to know this. You and know, I think that's so valuable because it does, you know, it's like you and I, and our first out of control short hairs, it changes your life. And, yeah. and Rick has done that a lot. And Ronnie's very good about it too. Trying to, to bring people out and into, into the bird dog world and, and, and help them and encourage them because we need more people to, to have a passion for what we're doing. You know, we, being the the outdoors people that we are and um we're, we're a minority so the more people that we can share that with and more people we can encourage to to take part in this um boy the more longevity the the whole hunting industry will have so ronnie yeah. and we're both that that very personal they they <laughs> love to encourage youth to to be a part so I'm, i'll share that with them um about your daughter because that that means the world oh yeah and you know she discovered um hunt tests with the retrievers because you guys got a lab and I was like I cannot believe that they did that after you know then I'm like oh then we ended up with one then two and I just got to eat up with this especially in the tournament world I had way more fun on the flusher side because it was super exciting and then yeah. you get one with all the the handling skills was a whole nother level, but what happened and then, you know, this too, is that the kids want independence, especially, you know, the last couple of years, cause our kids are the same age, mm -hmm. the last couple of years, like they've wanted that independence. And I'm like, it's going to be a while before in the world that I'm in that you can be turned loose because you got to be 12, but you got to also be able to handle a dog and a gun at the same time. And that a is, responsibility. that's a ton of responsibility. So, um, that's really why I wanted to get involved in the retriever world in the beginning was just so that she could have true independence in the dog world. I just didn't want her to lose interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you can feed that, that sense of independence, boy, that helps her throughout her life. You know, that really sets her up in, in the right direction. And that's, you know, the way that all the bird dog industry is, is, 
focused, you know, we're all going out and doing our own thing and we have that sense of independence. And I think that, uh, boy, that sets you up for life. That that's something that not everybody gets to experience. I know. And I mean, I, I was a big ball player growing up. I think you were too, right? Didn't you play ball? Oh, you didn't. I couldn't catch a ball the same way. I was thinking that I was growing up. <laughs> but, you know, and there's so many people that live at the ball field, you know, and they play organized sports and, and there are so much skills that comes with that. But both of my kids chose the ag world. So JC was in horses and Hallie Joe's done the dogs and, you know, and it was by choice. Like she, she would rather do more than I can even create time for. Yeah. You know, and so, um, and that's really sad. Like, I wish that we could just hunt test until she doesn't want to show up to another one. But my God, that is massive commitment, you know. Um, and I don't want to be a hunt test trainer. <laughs> so, um, you know, the skills and the independence that they've been given with the life skills has really blown me away with the dog world. Mm -hmm. And even with the confidence, like um, the NAVDA groups, right? So they, don't shoot for themselves. And I'm sure that some of the AKC hunt test stuff doesn't shoot for themselves too, but you get people that own dogs that are ready to go hunt, but sometimes the owners don't have the skills to take them hunting. Yeah. So in the shooting world, like that's been really cool to see that, um, evolve with the women who love the dog and they want to see their dogs, you know, have success. And then they're like, man, I, I need to learn to handle my own dog so that I can do this. So that's been a really cool um, thing that's kind of taken flight in the last couple of years. You know, we've seen a lot of that. Um, you know, people get a dog and, and maybe don't fully understand that dog's needs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think we all jump into new endeavors and we do so based off of a, an ideological idea of what it is. And then you get into it and, and the real nuts and bolts kind of rise up and hit you in the face. Like, oh, it's not exactly what I thought. And, and so I know a lot of people that live in town, you know, they'll get these really nice dogs and then they realize, oh, this dog's special. And, and, you know, maybe we need to be taking them out and taking them hunting and doing this. Yeah. And then they get the passion for it. Then they really see not, you know, it's not all about hunting. It's about right. being out there with the dog and being the outdoors and, and just the, the full experience. And I think once you start appreciating that it, it, it's rather addicting. <laughs> you know, you want I more. think that's why I love tournament hunting so much versus just hunting, which I'm, I'll just be hunting now for a really long time. But that that's what the tournament world did for me is it was that relationship with the dog. It was like, did we wake up on the right side of the bed today to live up to our potential as a team? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that was the most addictive thing I've ever experienced was can't, it wasn't even about like winning the trophy or anything. It was like, am I, am I going to be my best? And is the dog going to be their best? And we're going to do it on the same day. <laughs> but it is such a symbiotic relationship when, when you, when everything goes right, you know, it is, there's not much mm -mm. that is cooler than that in my world. You know, though I've got snapshot memories, you know, from Canada to South Texas, different dogs, different scenarios where, you know, we might've been 50 miles from the nearest town out in the middle of nowhere by ourselves. And literally it's just 
you know, you and the dog and you accomplish something, you get something done just right. You know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just how that dog handles. You take a few strides one direction and they, they're aware and they comply and they go right to the front and cast exactly where you think there's birds and yes, there's birds and they handle them right. I mean, that, that is what this is all about. That, that special relationship and, and work and not just, not just a, a loving relationship, which it is, but it's a working relationship and that takes it to a whole new level. Oh yeah. Well, this last year, and I talked about this, I think on my first episode, it was like, I went to North Dakota for the first time and my first morning in the first hour, I got my first limit and, <laughs> and I'm not even like a limit person, you know, but it was like, okay, you have this opportunity to, to live this up with your dog and you don't know how many seasons you get with your dog or if you're going to be able to return back to that thing. So yeah, like I want to maximize my opportunity. Right. And mm -hmm. so like we got out of the truck and there was, um, like a pond right off to the right. And she went out there and she got birdie. And I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. Dumped two right there. Bam, bam. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we've been out here like 10 minutes or something, you know, and then to do the blind retrieve, which was just another bonus and exercise all of the skill sets that the dog had, and then go to the next slough, knock down one more, you're done within the first hour. And you look at your dog and you're like, I, I only had the opportunity because the dog's so good, right? Like the dog could have gone past the bird or decided they didn't even want to hunt that day. Like my short hair might do. So I, I'd rather lay on the couch or something, you know? And so it was, it was just so amazing. Like, I'll never forget that my first day in North Dakota, my first limit in the first hour, and it was iconic situations. You know, I think that that's what gets you hooked is those yeah. perfect scenarios. And very rarely is it really truly perfect like that. Yeah, that may never happen again, but I'll never forget it. But you, you've experienced it. You know, it's possible. You know what it feels like. And I think that's what keeps you going out to the field in those years where there aren't birds in the, in the, the hunts where the weather is horrible and you're just enduring it or, or when your dog is, you know, not focused that things aren't working real smoothly. Um, boy, you just keep going out there and, and looking for, for another moment, just like that. Oh yeah. Because like there, there have been days where I haven't even bagged a bird and been more proud of my dog work yeah. than the day that I limited out in an hour, you know, yeah. so it's yeah. not even about the limit, but it's like to have those, uh, like, like a book of different experiences and those stories to tell, it is literally like, I can't wait to get up the next day on the road and go see what that day is going to bring. Cause you never know. Yeah. You never, you never <laughs> know. And I think that might be like the all American traditional, like heart of just living for the high and you don't really know what that high is. It's really just being outdoors with your dog and having a story to tell, no matter if you got skunked and you missed every bird and you cheated your dog. And that's the story you're going to have to tell when you get back to the truck or or what, you know, but, um, or you've got that young dog and they're learning. Right. And so you've got those almost perfect scenarios that they blow, but they learn the lesson and you it's don't forget that. No, you, you remember the good along with the bad, you know, that that's part of the, the story. That's part of what you reflect on, you know, all the times when you've had dogs get into, into porcupines. I remember, 
the the first year after the kids were born we had them up in montana and we were training dogs and we had you know those baby packs so we had them you know strapped <laughs> to our chest <laughs> in a moment of brilliance ronnie and i turned loose uh four dogs so we were we were each working uh two, two dogs with a baby strapped to you with a baby strapped to us and they were all strong alpha males what we were thinking i have no idea and the first alpha male goes and finds a porcupine and then the second alpha male goes and finds a porcupine so here we are we, we have i think three dogs had porcupine quills in their mouths and one did not um, but as soon as we try to gather up the dogs that had porcupine quills in their mouths, then the testosterone started running and the growling and this and that. Ronnie looked at me and said, this is no place for a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wholly agree. But what are we going to do now? <laughs> that is one of those memories. You know, when we look back years from now, we'll remember that moment and, and what a character building time that was. <laughs> It is one of the more fond moments of that year. Even, you know, it was an absolute low, but hey, look what we did. And it's so much fun looking back at those times and, and reflecting on how they shape you. And you know, that's why you keep going back out to the field. It's the good, the highs and the lows, both of them. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so funny. I mean, there are very few people that attempt to tackle what you guys have done with the, with the kids i i think it's amazing like i love that you put it in a book and shared it with the world even though like that story the good stuff that people want to know you didn't put in there <laughs> i would All give the ronnie with the baby on his chest with the dogs and just the look on his face with with the porcupine quills i can see it now yeah it was a it was a real uh it was a great moment <laughs> Yeah, because I'm sure some people just assume you have a nanny and you don't. No, no, we don't. We, uh, you need one. It would be nice. <laughs> you need a nanny that cooks dinner. So when you yeah. get, when you get done at dark, because that's typically when you guys finish. Yeah. You yeah. start when the sun comes up and you finish when the sun goes down and that's your life and your kids are right there with you. Well, and that's part of why we're changing how we, how we're structured too. So, you know, for, for the longest time, we've trained dogs all summer long. And, um, you know, with the, the end goal is always having dogs ready at the beginning of hunting season. And now that we're not guiding hunts ourselves, we realize, you know, the best months to train a dog are not July and August. <laughs> for our for our sake and for the dog's sake right so so we've realized that now we've got the freedom to to shift our training classes which opens up our summer a little bit more so we're now training dogs october november and december is one of our, our first classes which works well for those younger dogs that aren't ready to go out in the hunting field anyway mm -hmm. and then We've got this spring class that we're working on now. So these dogs will be ready to go into you know the very beginning of hunting season. That actually will work out better for the ages because the people that send them in the fall, they're going to come out with dogs ready to go and they still get, you know, the tail end of season in yeah. some places, you know? Yeah. So, and then we've got, we've got these summer months that are open and, and now we're trying to, to take that opportunity. Everybody's got time off for um, summer vacations and everything. That's when we go to school actually, because you can't 
uh, be training a dog at, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon in July. So that's when we're doing the most of our schoolwork is during the summertime. But um, we're, we're taking that time off and having people to come out and, and share some of this with us. Um, and today we announced our, our, our weekend retreat. That I we're can't doing wait. Noon. So we've got um, it only seven uh, seven tickets. So seven couples can come out and spend the weekend with us. And, and we've got, um, we've got Reed Bryant's coming out and doing fly fishing. So the kids are already excited about Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Hallie Joe discovered that too. Maybe we can meet up in, uh, somewhere and fly fish during the summer. That would be good. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, so, so we're doing that, you know, trying to expose people to that and hopefully, you know, exposing ourselves a little bit more to that too. And we've got a gentleman, uh, Sean Roberts from Texas coming in. He's going to be doing some shooting instruction. And then um, we've got Stephen Haynes from Canada coming in. He's going to be helping with some of the, the home obedience stuff. And um, Ronnie and I are going to be doing some field work. So we're kind of challenging ourselves in, in restructuring what we're doing and having more of these events like this to share this lifestyle with people and share the outdoors with people and all these different um, facets of, of what we do. So we're really excited about it. And, I think it's uh, awesome that, that you're doing a couples event and not too many people have done that. And I always thought that was the way to go um, to get the, the people that are as serious as we are, you know, because we're still females. And I know that you've dealt with this a lot longer than I have about, you know, well, you're still a woman, you know, and I really hate that because we've had this conversation over and over and over. It's only, I've only had men mentors. Thank God for them that they didn't judge me about that, but still society was like, oh, well, you're a female. So you just coach women. And well, not necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and there is still that that divide in the in the bird dog industry and in hunting industry. You know, um, the women aren't expected to be out there handling dogs and, and hunting as much. And when when we get couples in here at the kennel, a lot of times, you know, uh, the woman can be a little intimidated by everything because it is a different world. You know, there's different terminology. Um, there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to absorb. So we find that you know we're like you said, we're, we're always welcoming people. We try not to be intimidating. We try to um, just be frank and honest and, and show everything that's going on and welcome everybody. And we have a lot of women that come in here and they don't know anything about the dog that's been living with them and they catch the bug. Yeah. And, I mean, that fire is lit and they're so excited and they realize that they can do it and they can do right. it at a very really high level of proficiency. Mm -hmm. and, and then boy, there's no stopping them, you know? I know, and that's the coolest thing. Yes, to find, to watch females find the confidence through either shooting or through the dogs, whatever right. motivates them, whichever side motivates them first. Just being out there and enjoying it, yeah. you know, and, and to, to be able to share that with them and see that fire get lit, that, that's what we're hoping to do with a lot of these, these couples retreats is, you know, if, if a man and wife can enjoy going fly fishing and hunting together, they're going to do it more. You know, if yeah. you do it together, you're just more likely to do it. So that's what we're hoping is we can help people to, to have more experiences, more memories out there. 
I love it. And then I, that, that just reminded me that, um, we have a mutual friend that we've never discussed Jill from Otter Creek in Alabama and Bob. Oh, yeah. Yes. I absolutely love Otter Creek. It has got to be one of my most favorite places in the South. And, um, Frank and them do such an amazing job there. And I have the best memories, uh, hunting in the South at Otter Creek with Jill running her Vishla and Bob's like, just, he's just so welcoming. And I just love that they are following you guys all over the place. They are quite a team. You know, they are so neat. In fact, I was emailing Bob this morning. We've never been to Otter Creek, but they've been here. And I think they're going to come back this fall and go through one of our seminars. Um, so it's fun to, to catch up with them every you know year or two. I think oh, they- y'all got to come. Y'all got to come to Otter Creek. We want to, we yeah. really do. Yeah. We've heard nothing but good things about them and the job. Well, I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Talladega and it's 45 minutes from Otter Creek. And the only thing I think about is how can I get away from this race so that I can get up there? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no better place for food than Otter Creek. Oh, and wow. I mean, their hunting is beautiful and their facilities are just I mean, it's Otter Creek um, Farms and Distillery, I think, on Instagram. But it's yeah. one of the most gorgeous places ever. And Frank's adding on to it, and they're just doing so much more. But um, now I'm like, oh, it would be so great if I could just book dinner there. <laughs> just swing by. <laughs> yeah. Can I just come for dinner? But yeah, so I just, I've seen them post about being with you guys, and I haven't even said anything. But I love that they connected with you because when I went there the first time they asked and I said, Oh my gosh, if you guys are going to train your own dogs and you're going to go through this kennel thing, you've got to, you've got to go hang out with Ronnie and Susanna because it's, it just aligns so much with the culture they already had yeah, at their place. And so I just love it that they really like it worked out. It's so exciting. Yeah. They do such a great job. You know, they're just like both of us. They live for the dogs. Oh Yeah their dogs 100%. yeah 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 I heard Jill on an on a podcast I was listening to her and she was talking about how she's got like four or five dogs running around in the back seat and they're <laughs> and they're in the off season and they're traveling around the midwest you know picking up cinnamon tips or getting dogs on birds in different ground and all this stuff and I'm like oh my gosh this girl's about to turn into me she's about to have a trailer full of <laughs> but I've reined it back like now that I'm back on the road I'm I mean, I started with 15 at the beginning of the season. I'm down to five. So, oh, wow. Yeah. It's good. It's hard to do. <laughs> I know. I always, I always go the opposite direction. I'm always collecting them. I can't ever seem to cut the numbers. Oh my gosh. I just got overwhelmed. It was one of those things where it's like, I'm starting to feel my age. Suzanne, I'm yeah. starting to feel my age. Don't say that. Don't <laughs> say that. Never admit it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So the two things that you guys have that I really want people to know if they don't know, number one is your book. How can they find your book? Um, our book is available a lot of different places. Um, I think Gundog Supply is carrying it. Um, you can get it on Amazon, but if you order it through us, we always sign it. If you want it personalized, we can personalize it for you. So you can get it through our, our website at ronniesmithkennels.com. Okay. And what's the title? training bird dogs with Ronnie Smith kennels. (laughs) What else? (laughs) Oh, that's so great. And then, um, is, is your event at, um, where, where are you going? Um, Prairie, where are you going in 
in Mississippi? Oh, the the summer retreat. No, no, the summer retreat is here. We did a seminar at Prairie Wildlife, which was a fantastic. But I thought that you guys had an event posted there. Maybe it was just at your place. I got you. Okay. So what we are calling our new property is Prairie Hills. We couldn't find a fitting name than that. So I agree with that here recently it, it is now called prairie hills okay and i saw it and i just assumed you guys were going back to prairie wildlife okay so it's at your place it is at our house well we're we're tailoring it to where all the the events the the uh, shooting and the fly fishing all and the dog work is here on our property and then we've got the uh the pioneer woman boarding house booked out so there's only eight rooms um we actually we have seven rooms for this event so essentially the entire boarding house is is ours um so the gray woman is also in osage county right isn't she in your town yeah yeah so reed drummond basically um brought pahuska back to life oh i don't know how long it's been now eight years ago maybe um and now it's it's the neatest little town We've got a lot going on, a lot of unique things, and and it's uh, particularly in the summertime. There's a lot of people trying to get into the boarding house, trying to get there. Um, we were able to get these rooms secured, which is amazing in itself. So we've got all of her available rooms that are booked, and they're going to be feeding us dinners there. Um, so we'll have private dinners at the Mercantile, and then um, Joni Nash is a, a gal that lives. It's just south of Pahuska, and uh, she's fantastic, fantastic gal, and she has joined us in, in arranging this whole event, and then through Joni, we were able to get a private tour of Woolarock put together, so when it's hot in the afternoon, late on Saturday afternoon in June, um, we're not going to be out there working dogs. We're going to be just enjoying ourselves and, and learning a little bit about the, the history and exposing everybody to, to what's going on here and, and kind of what this county is all about. So there's a lot of different things coming together with this event, which I, I think it makes it, there's nothing like it in the country that's happening right now. Oh, I agree that. And it's so y'all like, that's just who you guys are. It, it is very, very much us. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, okay. So that's exciting. So I'm assuming that it's not sold out yet. We just announced it this morning. We've sold tickets, but I don't know how many yet. Um, so right now we do still have some spots open well, and we're hoping to do more of these. So yeah, that's what I was about to say. People, even if it's sold out, just, I guess, continue to contact you to get on a waiting list, huh? Yeah, yeah, we're going to try to make these available periodically and change them up too so that we don't have to do the same thing every time. There's a lot of things that Osage County offers that we're going to try to try to expose people to and, and let them enjoy it. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Well, I love catching up and um, just hearing about what's going on with you guys because I knew that you'd made some changes, but I wasn't exactly sure what all they were. Yeah, we're, we're always tweaking things a little bit, changing them just a little bit, but I really appreciate you having me on here today. I'm so excited about you doing the, the podcast and all the new directions that you're going. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's all about the love of a dog. It is. It's all about the dog and the experience. Yeah. It's a good well, life. So, okay, we're going to send people to follow you guys at Ronnie Smith Kennels on Instagram and Facebook. Great, yeah. 
And um, their website is also um, RonnieSmithKennels.com. Yep. Yeah. And you can find all of their training gear and videos and blogs and books and events all there. Everything about a bird dog. And well, you, you do sell those there too. Yeah, true. <laughs> all right. Well, Susanna, it was so good to catch up with you. And I can't wait to meet up somewhere this summer. Surely our paths will cross soon. We need to get together. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Talk to you guys. Bye. I guess there's something you don't understand. Last year, fly that southern flag.